NPR. It is the season of gifting, which is also to say that it is the season of consumption of the consumer. What did you get me this year, Adrian? It is uh, being ordered right now. I, I don't want to ruin the surprise. <laughs> Supply chain issues? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. it. I see. Um, well, what'd you get me? Uh, well, you know what? Let's just maybe get on with the episode. Um, because <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I see what's going on here. Okay. So maybe you and I are not exactly model gift givers here. But in general, consumers are what have kept the economy going through lockdowns and stock market dips and high inflation. Through all these things, consumer spending has chugged along. Today, it makes up more than two-thirds of our gross domestic product. Yet as much as consumers are doing to keep the economy going... A recent report from McKinsey suggests that one category of consumers is being especially overlooked by companies, and that is Latinos. Latinas, Latine folks. This is The Indicator for Planet Money. I'm Adrian Ma. And I'm Waylon Wong. Today on the show, we talk with an author of that report about the unmet needs for the fastest growing group of consumers in the country. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Capella University. With Capella's FlexPath learning format, you can earn your degree online at your own pace and get support from people who care about your success. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. We talk a lot on the show about gross domestic product, GDP, as this way to measure the size of an economy. But what Lucy Perez has been thinking a lot about lately is more, I guess, what you'd call gross demographic product. When you look at the Latino spend, right, like let's say the Latino GDP, if Latinos in the U.S. were their own country, we're talking about the fifth largest GDP in the world. Lucy is a partner at McKinsey, where she focuses on, among other things, Latino economic mobility. She got that stat, by the way, from a think tank called the Latino Donor Collaborative, which also estimates that the growth rate of U.S. Latino GDP is rivaled only by that of India and China. And that's one of the reasons why she and her colleagues recently conducted a survey of Latino consumers. We wanted to understand where are they spending money, right? Are they spending in different categories? Are they paying more or less for products? Um, Are they satisfied with the products and services that they're purchasing? And what we found was that on average, 28% of Latinos report being unhappy with the product offerings that they have available to them. So almost 30% of Latino consumers surveyed said they were not happy with the products out there. And compare that to just over 20% of non-Latino white consumers who said the same thing. Which is a little weird if you think about it, because why should there be a gap at all? But Lucy says this satisfaction gap was there when they asked survey participants about all kinds of products, from food and beverage to financial services. And so one of the big findings for us was that if companies could address this dissatisfaction, we're talking about an extra $109 billion that Latinos would be willing to spend. Willing to spend on products that actually meet their needs. 
One entrepreneur who realized this for herself is Kim Gomez. Now, Kim is not Latina, but her husband of 20 years is Mexican. And also, she's quick to point out... I am a proud mama of five Chicano babies. <laughs> As a result, Kim has been steeped in that culture, in traditions like the quinceañera. I've been to hundreds of quinceañeras. Hundreds of quinceañeras? Yeah, I mean, so... Literally hundreds? Literally hundreds. Wow. I've never been to quinceañera. Um, you are missing out, my friend. <laughs> A lot of people might know quinceañeras as a sort of massive party for girls celebrating their 15th birthdays. There are fancy gowns and dancing and dinner, but there's a lot more to it than just a party. There's also an important religious component, and it's a community celebration where friends and family chip in to help with the financial cost, which Kim says can be as much as 15 or 20 grand. So I was actually asked to be a madrina, so that is the female version of a padrino, and those are sponsors for a quinceanera. So what that means is that when a, when a family is putting on an event for their daughter, um, their friends and family will reach out and say, hey, I want to be the padrino for the cake or I want to be the padrino for the, the band. And so Kim's husband was like, hey, they want you to be the sponsor of the pillow, the pillow that her niece will kneel on during the church part of the day. And I remember saying like, well, what color is her dress? I wanted to match the dress. And they, my husband was like, it's blue. I'm like, Ugh, are you kidding me? Like blue, like what shade of blue? Like, <laughs> is it like sky blue, baby blue, navy blue? And anyway, I was like, I'll just send her the money for the pillow set. And granted, he was talking to a 14-year-old girl. And so he was like, oh, okay, so we have to get her parents. We're going to wire transfer money across. And it was just like this huge ordeal. And that was the light bulb moment. Kim thought, what if there were an easier way to do this? An app where people throwing quinceañeras could collect funds, set up gift registries, or find venues and DJs. And since she couldn't seem to find a company that did all that, she decided to start one. Yeah, she and her husband sold a restaurant that they were running at the time. And they put that money into this new business. And then Kim started looking for venture capital. I've watched enough Shark Tank that I can raise money from, inv- <laughs> from investors. <laughs> and I, um, I can just, I know I can do this. I feel like I've watched enough Shark Tank where I know I absolutely could not do that. But, you know, all respect to Kim. She went in very, very confident. But, you know, pretty quickly she ran into a wall. A lot of potential investors just did not seem to believe that this was an underserved market. So I'm based in Michigan. Mm. So when you hear the stereotypical when you go to raise money and you're in a room full of, you know, older white men, that is very much the case in Michigan. Mm. I mean, granted, there are funds that there's females present, but I don't know if there was another Latino ever in the room. And so instead of going into my pitch and saying, quinceaneras are a huge market opportunity, blah, 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 I'd have to take the majority of my pitch and explain what a quinceanera was, what the padrino tradition meant. And I had to literally like defend the culture and give this big history lesson instead of just saying, this is the opportunity, this is the market, this is how we're growing. What Kim ran into in those Michigan boardrooms is also reflected in the higher echelons of the business world. For instance, less than 5% of board seats on Fortune 500 companies are occupied by Latinos. And if you're just focusing on Latino women, it is just 1%. So Kim thinks the lack of representation in the world of venture capital was a big reason why a lot of her initial pitches seemed to be met with blank stares. Eventually, though, Kim was able to get funding and launched her app called Mi Padrino in 2017. We had a 600 user goal for that year. We actually had 50,000 within the first six months. The next year we had 150,000. And then um, in 
2020, prior to the pandemic, we had a million users on the platform that year. That's a lot of 15-year-old partying. No kidding. <laughs> so many people reached out, like, when we were successful at Meet by the Dino, and they're like, how can we reach Latinos? And I'm like, I mean, for one, start inside of your company. I mean, if you're doing your part as an organization, and if you want to tap into this market, they should be represented within your company as well. I love hearing that story because it feels mm. like it's a vignette that brings to life what we're talking about, right? That's Lucy Perez again, the McKinsey consultant. It brings to life many of the themes that we saw in the research. It's a really large community, one in five Americans today. Very soon, it'll be one in four Americans. Lucy also argues that paying attention to Latino consumers is not just a good business strategy. It's also good economic policy. So get this, the average net wealth of Latino families is about $36,000 compared to the average net wealth of a non-Latino white family, which is around $180,000. Lucy says, just imagine if you could close that gap. This has cascading benefits, right? Because strengthening the opportunities for this group is about more money that's going into the economy, right? It is about more products and services that are being sold, um, it is more jobs that are being created, more families that are moving into the middle class. So it is indeed about driving a sustainable and inclusive economy. Speaking of sustaining our economy, um, are you all done buying gifts yet? Yes. Now just begins the agonizing wait of like, is this thing going to ship to my house in time? (laughs) Just obsessively refreshing my tracking links, being like, okay, 9 p.m. on the evening of the 23rd. (laughs) (laughs) This episode of The Indicator was produced by Jamila Huxtable. It was engineered by Maggie Luthar and fact-checked by Dylan Sloan. Via Lay is our senior producer. Taken Cannon edits the show. And The Indicator is a production of NPR. This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. Add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com indicator. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. You can't fully understand the moment we're living in without knowing where we've been. On every episode of NPR's Throughline, we go back in time to where it started. Like, really started. To answer one important question, how did we get here? Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.